Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we hear from the next generation. When I go to site, I love it, and I just feel like I'm in a little sweet shop or something. It is so fun, and you learn so much, and there's so much experience on site. When I was hot in year eight watching Bob the Builder, I never realised how much goes in and how many different roles there are in this industry. I've only really realised it once you actually come into the sector. And I think that something can also go into helping graduate apprenticeships. We talk apprenticeships, graduate trainees and taking control of social value with two up-and-coming stars of National Highways. A glimpse into the future on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum, ITSU. UK, Elkrig and Adept. Hello from Paul Hutton, my Highways News co-owner Adrian Tatum leads this week's podcast interview with Abigail Philby and Mitchell McKenzie in a moment. But first, let me look at some of the headlines on Highways News this week. And there's a lot of contract news around with National Highways announcing that Skanska has been named the preferred bidder for the Kent Roads contract on the Lower Thames Crossing project. The £450 million Kent Roads contract will deliver the southern part of the route that connects the A2 M2 to the tunnel approach and includes almost four miles of new road and structures, one of the widest green bridges in Europe, a new public park and 12 miles of new or improved pathways for walkers, cyclists and horse riders. Meanwhile, Winvic has been awarded the contract to deliver the first phase of the West Midlands Interchange project, building on their success as the the design stage delivery partner to Oxford Properties and Logistics Capital Partners with 8 million square feet of commercial space planned for the 734-acre site. The billion-pound WMI Strategic Rail Freight Interchange will be the UK's largest intermodal logistics site when it's completed by 2034. And Volker Highways has been awarded a road and tunnel network incident support unit traffic management contract along part of the A13 in East London on behalf of Road Management Services A13 PLC. Elsewhere, you can read about the formal granting of a development consent order for the A303 Stonehenge scheme. The Royal Borough of Greenwich Council is introducing emission-based parking charges in an attempt to encourage people to drive more environmentally friendly cars. And a new survey led by the Department of Transport suggests self-driving vehicles could be used to bridge the gaps in the UK's public transport network. You will see all the and so many more stories on the Highways News website, Twitter feed and LinkedIn page. And they'll go into your inbox too if you sign up for our daily email delivered to you every lunchtime. You can subscribe at highways-news.com. Next up on Highways Voices, Adrian will bring you this week's interview. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. This week on Highway Voices, we're talking about career development. The highways and transport industry has embraced graduate and apprenticeship schemes, increasingly so over the last five years. 
including national highways who run several schemes within their business, covering everything from engineering to communications to finance and operations. So joining us today are two young people who are doing just that. Abigail Philby and Mitchell McKenzie join me now. Hi both. Welcome to the Highways Voices podcast. Hi, thanks for letting us be here. Hello, thank you. No worries at all. So talk me through, guys. What? Why did you decide to join National Highways? So I think I joined. I was leaving university and I'd learned about so many different areas throughout my course and I just didn't really know where to start. So I was looking at different job opportunities where I could get a wide range of experience under one company, but I also wanted somewhere which could give me a lot of progression. And I could also, you know, have a little bit of experience on, on engineering or project management or finance. And National Highways, for me, was the company to do that in. I think it's definitely a good place to get that kind of experience. I mean, for me, I joined after just leaving the Navy. I was a little bit stuck on what I wanted to do. And I came across National Highways. And I've always had a really keen interest in infrastructure and construction. And it just it just built from there, really, the amount of work that we can now get involved in. I mean, the days that we actually have at National Highways are so different. So I, for example, work in major projects doing big infrastructure schemes. And it's incredible to actually learn how much goes into it, how many issues can arise and what you actually get involved in to, to, to construct this ultimately multi-million pound scheme is quite incredible. So it's a, it's a fascinating thing to be doing and getting involved in. I guess also what attracted you to National Highways is the fact that you get to cover everything. Obviously, engineering is core to what National Highways do, but engineering isn't just about building things, right? It's about maintaining them. And that and that has a has a different degree of skills. And, and also, you need to be able to communicate what you're doing as a business. You need to plan operations. So I, I guess that gives you that, that breadth of experience, right? Yes, there's been so much more than just building a road. We have to talk to stakeholders. We have to do public consultations. We have to speak with so many different departments in the National Highways. There's, you know, finance, there's digital services, there's the social value, commercial procurement. There is so much more than just physically getting a shovel and build it, building a road. So I think that was one of the biggest moments for me joining the company was realising how much more there was and just that you will never know everything it's always going to be developing always going to be learning and i think that's you know quite a good aspect of it i think that's the thing that's not normally seen is actually all the internal stakeholders we have it's not just communicating to the wider audience outside the organization but you're talking about maintenance into the future for example building in building our schemes in in major projects and handing them over to maintenance they need to be involved in that process ever since the start and it takes years for these schemes to actually go from from stage zero, which is the identification stage, all the way up to handover at stage seven and ultimately into maintenance. And I think that's a really eye-opening part of the organisation is to see how complex and how closely together you have to work with your internal stakeholders for, for these kind of things. Communication has to be perfect because if one thing's missed, the plan could, you know, you could fall behind. So communication is a real key skill that everyone has to work on. So I'm fascinated to know, what does a typical day look like for you guys? So for me, I'm um, my role is a drainage advisor within SES. So I could be taking part in something called a departure from standards. So that is a project will come to us and we, um, you know, analyze what they want to do and see whether we will allow them to part from the standard. Or it could be helping project teams with queries around the drainage infrastructure. But then it could go to the opposite side where it's our involvement with early talent. So again, that could be we've organised events, we've spoken at events, we write articles, we help with mentoring. So I really have two very different aspects to my job, but 
it does keep you very busy and it's always quite fun I find you meet a whole range of people it's not just one silo that you're working in you get to meet everyone across the business and I think that's one of the best things about it no typical day is actually it's a cliche sentence but it's kind of true in this really so for me as a project controls apprentice I do a lot of reporting and data quality analysis and actually making sure what the projects are are forecasting is actually what's going to happen we do an awful lot of early identification into potential issues for along the road and it's really important for that kind of thing as well, because we report on into RRR, who are our audit or audit body, basically. And we have to make sure that the information and the, the tracking of the projects is accurate and incomplete. So they are fully aware of what we're doing as an organization. And as I've been saying, it goes far beyond that, especially with the early talent program. For example, two weeks ago, I was running a volunteering project at a local mental health charity in Guildford with, with one of our suppliers as part of the social value work that we're, we're involved in. I think that's the key bit with National Highways. And, and I get actually apprenticeship and graduate schemes in general, they give you so much scope to not necessarily deviate, but gain so much more experience from outside of just your job role. You're not just you know, doing a nine to five job or just working on, on your core bits. You've got so many different avenues to further progress, not only your own career, but, you know, objectives of the organisation, you know, for example, social value or just the wider the wider aspects of graduate apprenticeship programmes, promoting what they are and in, in the industry, what you actually get up and end up doing. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, National Highways love to promote STEM and really get into the um, secondary schools as well. So I think a lot of that, you know, we are encouraged to get out there to promote what we do, to speak to other people. We're not encouraged just to do our nine to five and that's it. We're encouraged to do a whole lot more. And one of the things that you, you mentioned there was that you um, <clears throat> you got given the responsibility to organise quite, quite a major event. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so as one of the activities as being on the Early Talent Committee was to organise a conference for all of the Early Talent. So after much deliberation, we decided on the topic of social value. So we organised a whole conference, a whole day around that, and we split the day into five main sections. So we had breakout rooms, we had a director at Q&A panel, we had a CEO Q&A panel, we had um, like a networking area as well. And then we also had an area where we could get other supply chain companies in to talk about how they're involved as well. What we managed to do was really focus the breakout rooms on the main areas of the social value plan. So it went through the environment, um, the economic prosperity, the community well-being and EDI. And really, it was trying to show off the talent of the early talent because they were creating and implementing the rooms. And also they were trying to you know, increase the understanding and the awareness of the social value pillars to the rest of our um, colleagues because it's not something that you may come across in your day job but it's a really important part of what we do. The key thing about social value especially within national highways is it's the key thing that graduate apprentices actually get involved in mm. taken away from the the, the the title of social value. As an organisation we run designated funds projects which stand besides the main schemes but these are additional projects that are basically there to benefit local community or, or the environment and it was this area which graduates and apprentices really do get you know, get involved in. There's a lot of examples in the organisation where they're actually given their own designated fund scheme for manage and run. And that's a huge opportunity you know, for someone just starting out in, in their career. And they are really well supported. It's a, it's a great learning curve for them to go on. And they're so beneficial to the local community. So we, we get involved in all kinds of social value work day in and day out, but the awareness of what social value was and, and the strategy in the early talent space 
was quite low. And I think that's why we really wanted to highlight what social value was and also highlight what everyone actually gets involved in um, and the opportunities that are out there. I mean, graduate and apprentice schemes are amazing and they've got a really, really good scope for you to get involved in in so much more than just you know, menial admin jobs or, or, or you know, the, the, the basic stuff, the unexciting stuff. Instead, you can manage your own schemes. You can run volunteering projects with, with the whole with the whole project team, for example, besides your scheme to actually benefit a low community. There's countless examples and evidence of graduates and apprentices doing that kind of work for, 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 for quite a while now. And from it, the, the understanding of social value really went up. I think the most the most significant bit from that conference that we did was actually what's what's come off the back of it. The profile of early talent within the organisation has really been significantly risen. We, we've, we've collectively shown what we can actually do. And more importantly, the enthusiasm we've all got. Um, we've all got the drive and, and, and desire to just keep on doing more and, and keep pushing, keep learning. I think that's something that's really exciting within the industry is there's so much scope to learn new things, to, to challenge different ideas. And having that earlier career starters actually going in with the passion and enthusiasm to question ways of doing things really opens up an avenue for so much more innovation it allows us to have a voice really Mm, and i think that's the thing it starts with one person speaking and then it turns into a collective voice and that's how we're pushing and that's how we're making change i think the most incredible thing about it is the buy-in from directors and and senior levels of the organization i mean the early talent the National Highways now sits on several of its steering groups, and steering groups is basically what drives different strategies of the, of the organisation. So, you know, take social value, for example. There's a social value steering group that drives the direction that the organisation wants to go in in order to improve that space. You've got something like asset management, environment, even early talent as a standalone steering group. And to have an input into that, not just people on the committee, but everyone in, the, in, everyone in early talent within National Highways, the 200 or so people, have actually now got a voice at that level of the organisation and actually has that feed in and also the feed out from that group, which is quite an incredible thing to have. So the buy-in from it has been amazing. That's Mitchell McKenzie there, along with National Highway's colleague Abigail Philby chatting to Adrian, and we'll hear more from them in a moment after we've heard what our podcast partners are up to. Highway's Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. Connected vehicle experts have successfully linked real-time radar pedestrian detection and in-car signage for the first time, delivering a significant improvement in road safety. In the TTF demonstration zone at the Elkrig Innovation Festival in Newark, the Navtech radar monitoring hardware was linked to a car's head unit via KL Systems software. Once a person at a crossing is identified, a message to warn a driver of a pedestrian ahead was displayed with an accompanying audio message into the car within two seconds. The next step, which is eminently doable, is to link in with the company's stopped vehicle detection technology, which would be a game changer for safety on roads such as smart motorways. Shropshire Council is to collaborate with Multivo in an industry first using the new Elkrig innovation procurement system. 
The IPS has been developed by the local council roads innovation group in partnership with Crown Commercial Service with the aim of increasing the pace of change and giving greater control to Elkrig members to adopt innovation at a lower cost. Multivo proved its innovations with Shropshire by delivering permanent pothole, patch and defect repairs using Multivo's Handlay Multihog patching teams. This new approach to service delivery enabled Shropshire to reduce the number of outstanding defects on the network by 60% whilst increasing the fixed first time rate to 90% in a short period of time. ADEPT has published a new guide to highways terminology. The essential guide to highway terms aims to promote the use of shared terminology across the sector. As many highways terms carry different interpretations, it's crucial to adopt a unified vocabulary to prevent misunderstanding. It's designed as a user-friendly reference tool. The booklet is a valuable resource for both existing officers and a helpful aid to new staff. By promoting consistent terminology, ADEPT's new guide aims to streamline communication and enhance clarity within the highway sector. The guide can be downloaded from the ADEPT website. You just go to adeptnet.org.uk and stick terminology in the search box. And there's not long to send your nominations for the ITS UK awards. Don't miss out on the opportunity to showcase your work at the sector's leading awards event. The awards are free to enter with some 15 categories to choose from and cover individuals, projects and organisations that are leading the way in rolling out transport technology. Make sure you enter by this Friday, the 21st of July. The awards themselves take place on the 31st of October at the Law Society in London's Chancery Lane. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Now let's go back to Adrian's chat with Abigail Philby and Mitchell McKenzie, two rising stars of National Highway. I think uh, if I may be so bold to say, speaking on behalf of not only National Highways, but the industry, we could really do with more and more people like you who are passionate about the industry, who are passionate about what, what they're doing every day. And, and I guess one of the problems is getting um, education right within universities. So I don't think we've got it quite right. So I think some civil engineering courses still focus on building rather than building and then maintaining. What do you think needs to happen at that level to to produce m- more graduates from apprenticeships that, that we need within this industry? I think it's about promoting it at an earlier age. We were at an engagement council the other day and there was a book called When I Grow Up and it was aimed at key stage one and it was incredible because it was about two twins, a boy and a girl, and they're discovering the world of construction and engineering. But it wasn't just, for example, Bob the Builder. It was learning about um, quantity surveyors and cost engineering and it was showing them that all these jobs bit in a fun way of getting it over and I think that's exactly was what needed. You've got to, you almost get in at that younger age and show how exciting it is because it really is. When I go to site I love it and I just feel like I'm in a little sweet shop or something it is so fun and you learn so much and there's so much experience on site and I think that even if you think oh well I don't like being outside there's so much more to that than what might be shown on tv shows or something and I think it's changing the narrative there is so many different opportunities out there and it's just making sure that everyone is aware of them but I think at university when I was on my engineering course that we, d- we did a lot of you know you build this you build that And we did have a module on longer lasting construction materials, but there was never anything on maintenance. 
And I think that's a real key thing as well. Actually, one of the biggest areas for us is maintain after we build mm-hmm. something is the handover and the maintenance and passing it to either operations or, for example, a local council. And you're not really told about any of this. So I think actually in, incorporating this into the syllabus would be so good because it's showing a different angle of actually a real life problem. It's not just theoretical anymore. It's what actually happens after you build something. What happens, for example, if your new material doesn't quite perform as well as you thought, what would the maintenance plan be? And I think that's a really important thing to actually start implementing because it it's so much of what we do. It's not just building new items. It's maintaining and making sure they last for the future generations. I think on that a, a little bit is also the not necessarily the stigma with apprenticeship programs and graduate schemes, but I think more specifically with apprenticeship programs, actually being able to see the career path that you can go on from that. Our chief highways engineer, Mike Wilson, he starts off as a graduate in the organisation. Yeah. I think it's really highlighting that you don't necessarily need a degree in this industry to get to certain levels. I think that's starting to change. It's going to take a while for it all to all to start to feed up the levels. But I think showing showing where the growth opportunities are and showing, look, what you can do will be a really good thing to actually highlight more more in the industry in general. I think with graduate apprenticeship programmes, they, they, the uptake of it is increasing year on year, which is really, really positive because they're really, really, really good opportunities to get hands-on experience of you know, humongous projects and, and, and quite key projects as well. It's quite an incredible thing to be able to get. And then it's not just that, it's... You know, it's additional things. It's the exposure you get to speaking at you know, different events, for example. The networking opportunities. I mean, a large part of what we're what we're exposed to is networking opportunities and events. And a lot of this industry is definitely about who you know. And the conversations you can get in with people are absolutely amazing. It, it's it's fascinating to find out people's career paths and what their beliefs are and what they think the future of the industry is going to be. To find out stuff like that and to learn from from those kind of experienced people is is just an incredible incredible opportunity to actually have so i really do think that whilst the space of apprenticeships are changing and graduate programs are changing i think highlighting that kind of opportunities it's you don't you don't get that in in union stuff like that i've never come across anyone so far that hasn't been happy to sit down with me for half an hour Mm -hmm. and to discuss if i'm confused about something or i want to learn an extra something everyone has the time and that's you know it might be in other industries but i've specifically noted in this industry Mm. everyone is happy to share what they know and no one wants to gatekeep it they are happy to share and they want you to learn and i think that is an example of how good apprenticeships and schemes are because they want to share the knowledge with you and that is how we're going to progress it's not just national highways with that we work with different suppliers and supply chains i go to a site office you know every week with, with a really large contractor and you, you get that from all avenues. I met someone from WSP uh, at an event when we were doing the um, we we're doing the volunteering project together. He was willing to sit down and and chat about you know, his career path and and his thoughts on how the industry works and you know elements of, of project management that I actually then used in a in one of my um, in one of my exams in, in one of my interviews. Has your time at the company obviously being a part of these schemes has it made you think about a future career in the industry? And if it has, what what are your early thoughts on that? Uh, for me, definitely. Uh, taking the construction industry as a whole, I think it's incredible, especially of how it's how it's going forward. There's a lot more focus on things like social value. It's not just putting up a it's not just putting up a road or building a bridge or something. It's all the extra stuff that comes about it. It's the enhancements in local communities. It's the 
the enhancements for the environment, there's so many more things that are being looked at now. So many more positive things that are being looked at that it's a really appetizing place to be. I think in terms of career paths as well, there's, there's not really a limit in where you could actually go. There's a lot of opportunities in the company to sort of, oh, we're going to deviate more towards the governance side or or the actual project management space or going into project controls or 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 actually going into the construction management side of things. There's so much scope from where, for example, I am at the moment that's really exciting to actually have. It, it's amazing to have that ability to go and try all these different things and learn from so many different people to go forward in the industry. Yeah, I think for me, I obviously graduated uni thinking, right, civil engineering, where do I go? And actually, I do want to stay in there. There's always, you know, the good side and the bad side, but there's so many supportive people. You, For example, I want to become a, um, a chartered civil engineer who are happy to help me support that and gain that. And it gives you so much uh, opportunity and room to growth. And I think that's one of the key things is I feel that I will be supported while I'm in this industry because people are happy for you. They, they're they not just trying to steal the limelight or spotlight. They're, they're wanting you to grow as well. And I think that's that's what exactly you need in your early careers. I think having the, the mentorship support specifically yeah. for, for Russia National Highways has been huge. There's so many avenues of, of, of mentorship you know, within your project teams or within the wide level. I mean, one of my mentors, he's really, really, really senior in the organisation. To have that level of encouragement and that, that exposure to someone who's worked so hard in his area for so long and got to such a high and respected position. And it's not just, it's not just me. I think there's a, there's, a, there's countless examples where you know, senior directors, executives, you know, Nick, the, the CEO of National Highways, he's, he's really, really good at engaging being with early talent and being, yeah, actually being involved and, you know, supporting. I mean, you know, the early talent awards that we had, a few weeks ago he was at and he really does make an effort to go around and talk to anyone. I think that's a really key part of if you were saying earlier about what more could be done. I actually think having that you know, that level of support, that level of mentorship, that at least for me is a, a humongously positive thing and really encouraging to have and really welcome to have as well. I think I could say like obviously I try my best and I'm passionate about what I do, but I wouldn't have got as far if I didn't have those allies almost mm. around me supporting me. Like I've had a brilliant SPM and he really started my career and finding those people just help you so much this industry is great but there's always room for improvement so can you can you give me five things that you would improve about it well i'll start off with petite <laughs> workwear. i'm only five foot and none of my psych kit or ppe really fits me that well so you know i'm gonna say that let's get some you know petite workwear out there and i think that will that will make my day i think one thing i'd really like to see about the industry is is and it's a hard one, but it's improving public understanding. I mean, I didn't realise, you know, for example, let's take speeding limits, for example. Speeding limit isn't just for safety. It helps with air quality and carbon emissions. There's so much more that goes into even just constructing projects. And no one really, I think the understanding in the public is not, I don't think they've had the information from, you know, representation in the industry, for example, you know, for even, for example, National Highways, I think, there's a lot more scope where we can improve public understanding. And I think that's one area that will be really good to to improve on. You know, yes, it takes lots of years to build a road, but it's not just people sitting around doing nothing. There's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, People just see it at a construction stage. They don't see all the back bits that go. You have to calculate these options way in advance, and it takes so many stages to get through. And it's the same with going back to you know different, different careers in the industry. When I was hot in New York watching Bob the Builder, 
I never realized how much goes in and how many different roles there are in this industry. I've only really realized it once you actually come into the sector. And I think that's something that can also go into helping you know, graduate and apprenticeships you know, actually in, increase. It is actually highlighting there's so much more than just project management or engineering. There's thousands out there that you can really do as, as an apprenticeship scheme. And I think the public understanding bits are really good areas to look into. I think as well, um, thinking like what I do day to day is the digitalization of the processes we use. Mm -hmm. And I think that will help so much, even if it's purely on just like, for example, the condition of our network, there's thousands and thousands of miles. I'm, you know, I'm not sure of the exact number, but having that instead of just having someone, you know, safety concerns, sending them out and analyzing the roads. Actually, you know, cars nowadays, their parking sensors have so many cameras on the car. You could, you know, collect all that information and provide a 3D model of our network. And I think something like that, that actually is going to improve safety. It's going to improve um, the time it takes to do all these little jobs, you know, is really going to be key. And that's what's going to keep pushing us forward. We'll really improve our asset management as well, mm. which is one of the biggest areas that I think actually also goes a bit unnoticed as asset management. It's one thing building these schemes, but looking after these for, for what, 40, 50, 60 years, how long they go up and actually understanding you know, the maintenance points of each of them, that's something that's going to be such a, a growth area and actually really interesting to look into because it's so important. I think as well, something which we've noticed, but I think could be improved is the connection with the network and your peers. I think having a greater platform to do that and not just, at, you know, the odd conference or the odd um you know networking space actually having a platform to do that is going to create the you know sharing of ideas it's going to create you know more minds on one solution and i think pushing that forward is going to be really key i think siloing different companies and different thoughts is never going to but you do you work better when you're in a bigger group when you've got more people to bounce off and i think that's definitely going to help going forward when we address more issues and more problems that we've got to face we'll just do it together and be more collaborative it'd be great to actually highlight that a bit more in the industry as mm. well you know actually highlight the collaboration between you know the different transport sectors the different construction companies consultancy companies i think being able to highlight the amount of collaboration that goes on it's not just one company leading the charge it's multiple opinions ideas and getting narrowed down to what actually eventually gets 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 built and gets managed and gets developed Another thing is, you know, giving the platform to smaller companies just because they're not a multi-million pound company doesn't mean they have, don't have great ideas. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they don't have enthusiastic and passionate people. And I think that's the thing. It's allowing everyone to be involved in these decisions because ultimately the decisions are going to be for everyone. It's, you know, making sure that everyone's voice is heard again. Really interesting thoughts from Abigail and Mitchell there chatting to Adrian on Highways Voices. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Now, at this point in the programme, we usually hear Adrian's accolade. But Adrian's not around. He's in meetings at the moment. So I'm going to do the accolade this week. So let's, I don't know, call it. Paul's praise, and I'll tip my hat to Surrey-based sign manufacturer Stock Signs, which has raised £15,000 for the Children's Trust thanks to the company's latest annual fundraising challenge, which involved a team trekking through the mountains of Slovakia. Joining the intrepid team of nine Stock Signs employees for the two-day trek were 14 of the company's customers, friends and sponsors, including individuals from Balfour Beatty, Cubic Transportation, 
Transportation Systems, VVB Engineering, Mason Street Furniture and Tenants UK. Based in Tadworth, a Surrey neighbour to Stock Science, the Trust delivers rehabilitation, education and community services to children and young people in need, as well as helping to support and care for their families. A worthy winner, as Adrian would say, of the accolade this week. And that's it for this Highways Voices. Now we're going to take our summer break now and we'll return with our podcasts on Wednesday the 6th of September. But that doesn't mean Highways News is going away. We'll still be bringing you our daily news into your inbox every lunchtime. And I'll also be sharing some details of some previous Highways Voices podcasts you may be interested in catching up with again. So we will catch up soon and have a great summer. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. 